So we're gonna talk about um, comfort, not letting our hearts be troubled. So let's go to John 14 and uh, chapter 14 and do not let your heart be troubled. I believe in God, believe also in me. This is um, Jesus speaking here. In my father's house are many dwelling places or mansions. So clearly he's not talking about a house. He's talking about in my father's kingdom, right? If it were not so, I would have told you for I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may also be. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do you know the way? How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord God. We pray that you, Father, will bring comfort and security to people who are insecure. You would let people know the way who are lost, Lord God, and... Um, that you, Father, Lord God, would um, bring hope, expectation, and encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, what is Jesus trying to do here? Jesus is clearly bringing comfort, right? Comfort is needed. We need comfort in this life, right? That there is a goal at the end. There is a destination at the end, regardless of the way it looks. Here's the reason why. Because when everything starts falling down around you, you have to have a sense of hope in something beyond what is falling down around you, right? You have to have a sense of hope beyond whatever is falling down around you. When you are in the book of Job, right? And you've got boils and bad things happening all over the place. <coughs> you've got to be able to see the happy ending, right? When you are in the fire, right, you've got to be able to, to see the swimming pool, right? In other words, you've got to be able to see something beyond where you are at right now, right? And this is what Jesus is doing, is bringing a sense of comfort. So wherever anyone is right now, you've got to believe that there's a happy ending, 
Why do you have to believe that there's a happy ending? Because what you believe is to come will determine the steps you make right now, right? It will determine the steps you make right now. If I believe that nothing good is to come, it will determine my action right now. One day in a land far away, was it not far away? I tried to kill myself. And why was that? Because I didn't believe what was to come was good. I didn't believe what was to come was good. It is impossible to give a man of no hope for a man of no hope unless he has hope to take positive steps right now. It's not possible, really. You have got to believe what is to come is good. There's a lot of people who have really given up on life. Why have they given up on life? Because they don't believe whatever life they've got left to come is good. It's very easy to see why someone would take guzzle down booze, stick a needle in their arm or powder up their nose or jump off a bridge or whatever uh, uh, self-destructive means you've taken. It's very easy to see that when a person's end is a dead end if they believe that. You've got to know one of the most powerful, powerful and most loved scriptures in the Bible is, I have a plan for you, says the Lord. And it's a good plan to give you a future and an expected end. Now, Jerusalem was burning that down all around Jeremiah. It didn't look like the plan was good. Right, because he's walking, of course, by sight. So we have got to, we don't see that none of these, none of these disciples saw the mansion. Jesus didn't come with a Keller Williams picture and say, see this real estate here in my father's house? He didn't. You see it by faith, right? You see it by faith. Here, here. So you've got to walk by faith, right? You've got to walk by trusting Jesus because really the problems you see by sight, right? Jeremiah saw that Jerusalem was burning down by sight. Nebuchadnezzar seized the place for 15 years. He burned the place down. Then these people are never going to give me a problem. You know why? I'm going to take them away. I'm going to take them all to Babylon. And then I'm going to burn the place down. That's what happened. So when you're in a situation where your life seems to be burning down, right? Relationships disintegrating, right? Money gone, illness, all of that. You have got to see that God has a plan for you, right? You have got to have hope in the place that he's prepared for you. Because I got to tell you something. Having great health, 
whatever you need financially, all of the resources at your disposal right now is not as powerful as having hope. Because let me tell you what hope does. See, everything at your disposal right now can be depleted. Good health can turn to bad health. People who've got bad health had good, had good health at one time. All of that can be lost. It's almost as silly as saying, what would you prefer to give? Give someone a load of bread right now or teach them how to bake? Clearly teach them how to bake. And what God is actually saying is that with this hope that I go to prepare a place for you, it doesn't matter where you are. If you hold on to that, you can get up, you can reconstruct your life. You can make your life better in every domain if you have that hope. If you have everything now, but no hope for the future, everything now is only going to take you so far. But if you have hope, it will take you all the way, regardless of how long your journey is. This is why Jesus said that he knew that they were going to go through so many things. Really, it was only John out of all of the disciples who kind of died a good death. Really, it's only John out of all of the disciples. Everyone died a horrible, horrible death. This is why you need hope. Right, and I'm not saying that anybody's going to die a horrible death, but I'm going to say in this world you're going to go through horrible things and you need hope to sustain you. You need hope to get through people here. I know there's people with all different kinds of addictions. You need hope so that those triggers don't get triggered, right? So that the triggers don't get triggered. You need hope for that. Because if the trigger gets triggered, guess what happens? Hope gets depleted, right? You need hope so you don't pull those triggers. You need hope so you keep reaching for that end goal. And this is what I have said. I don't mind God. Someone mentioned it today. Oh, I remember when one of your meetings just today. Someone mentioned this. Everyone, when you're when, I understand now what you were talking about. You, you don't mind having cancer because this person has got hope, right? That's the thing. It's no good having good health without hope. I would prefer bad health with hope than good health without it. Because that good health can turn into something bad. So the question is, and this is not what we should, because a lot of people look at the wrong thing for, if I'm ready, if I'm ready, is, is everything fine now? I've got good health, got the right amount of money in the bank. I own the right stocks, blah, 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 all of that. That is no good because all of that can be lost in a capricious world. This world is capricious. This world is volatile, really. But this thing that Jesus said over 2,000 years ago 
is the thing that we are to be putting our hope in. This is unshifting. There is a goal, right? There, there is a goal, whatever the plan that God has got for you. And here's the thing. Here is the thing that we have got to do too. We have also got to put the mistakes behind us. I never thought, never, ever, ever thought I would be one day speaking this casually about trying to kill myself. I mean, are you kidding me? When that happened, I mean, it upended my life at the time. I was taken to Babylon. Couldn't even see my son. I mean, if I tell you what happened at that time, no way would I thought, would I ever think I would be speaking this way about it. So casually, because what happened was not casual. It was ugly. And what I'm saying, regardless of how ugly your situation is, hope can make it fade away. In fact, not only can it make it fade away, I don't know how God does it, but he can make it look good. Even putting a blade to your wrist. Really. I mean, I talk about it. I couldn't see myself because, and I talk to my son about it. I never thought, I said to myself at the time, well, Mr. I'm never, ever, ever going to tell him this. And I talked to him about it the way you guys probably talk about going and getting a latte, really, or a cappuccino, <laughs> whatever. But that's the thing, meaning now, wherever you are right now, whatever is going on, hope will make that fade away. Hope will make that fade away. This thing was so massive. I was so ashamed. I had so much paranoia. I remember walking around thinking, so self-conscious, thinking that everybody knew about it. Everybody knew about it. Now I can wear the T-shirt because I've got hope. What changed? Still the same, Robert. Still the same act. What I did didn't go away, but how I think about it changed. And the hope I have for the future now. And so, and what did God do? God turned it into a profession. A profession. You think about it. Counseling. I was an investment guy. He turned this into a profession. Addiction. God can turn it into a profession. Failure. God can turn it into a profession. You know why? Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is the one that determines the final outcome. God is the one. He is the truth. This is why don't get locked into anything. Only get locked into God. You know, God gave me a little revelation. I'm going to read this revelation that God gave me this morning. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, you can't make truth any man except Jesus. If you do, you stumble. You block out the light. This is how he gave it to me. When curtains are drawn, you can't see the light, right? It's just like when you go to something else, you make addiction, like money, politics, you block out the light. 
You're locked in. You should only be locked into Jesus. There should be only one key that is able to open the lock of your house. And there should be only one Jesus who is able to open the lock of truth. If you are trying to derive that from somewhere else, you just drew the curtains and you blacked out all of the light. You know, one of the most painful things I did one night, it was in pitch darkness. I was going to the bathroom and I stepped on one of the dog's bones. Oh my word, really? I went, I was kind of, I knew where the dogs were. You know, you kind of learn to navigate the obstacle called in the dark, but I didn't gamble on the dogs playing with their bones or where they put their bones at. Oh my, it was so painful. Meaning you stumble when there's no light. You can hurt yourself. This is why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Notice, no, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No, he didn't say, I'm one of the ways. That was a very definitive statement. I am the way, the truth, the definite article. Why do they call it the definite article? Because the definite article points to a definite thing. It points to something that's definite, right? And that's what the truth does. This is think better, live better, because my ministry points to the truth. That's what set me free. Really, it points to the truth. It doesn't point to opinion. No, that's what we got in politics. That's why we're in such a mess. It points to the truth. Opinion, you've already lived your life by opinion. I've lived my life by opinion. I still got a dartboard on my door of my house. No, I don't live my life by a dart throw any longer. I live it by the truth, by revelation of God, really by the understanding of God. I would not want to do this job. I'd be here teaching if I were teaching by opinion. That, as I said, that's politics. And they're getting people in a mess. No, this is truth that leads people out of the mess that the world has got people into and leads them into the truth of the plan that God had for them when he created them. Really, when he created them, I never thought I would be preaching to them. As I said, investment, never thought. But that was the truth of the reality. And what did the enemy do? He veiled that. He veiled that, right? Why is the book of Revelation called the book of Revelation? Because it's an unveiling where we can truly see Jesus, right? It's an unveiling. And so when you get the truth, here's what happens is the tr truth unveils what you couldn't see before because what you couldn't see before you because you couldn't see it it caused you to make decisions that you would not have made if you would have been able to see it and so now an unveiling or the revelation 
is allowing you to see gradually, progressively, the plan that God has got for your life. So when bad things start to happen now, oh my word, no, I don't want that to happen. But you can't, you don't have the revelation of the plan for your life. When a man like Joseph is in jail, oh my word, why is this happening? But it's only when he's able, when God unveils the plan, is Joseph able to see it? And now his brothers think he's upset because oh, we put you in this situation. No, 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 no. No, you didn't. Genesis 50, 20. As for you, you meant evil towards me, but God turned it around for good. Really. Jeremiah with Nebuchadnezzar, that place is burning down. I have a plan for you, says the Lord. You know why? Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nebuchadnezzar, who just destroyed Jerusalem, he's not the way, the truth, and the life. I am. You know, many of you in addiction, I am the way. doesn't matter what you put to your lip. doesn't matter what you, you, you used to do. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you know what? None of that time that was that you feel was wasted is wasted because I'll turn it into something productive for you, says the Lord. Scripture says God gives us back everything the locust, the canker worm, and the grasshopper has taken. That's in the book of Joel. So there's no wasted time. Oh, I've been in this dead-end job, this dead-end marriage going nowhere, this dead-end this, this dead-end that. It doesn't This dead-end sickness, nothing is a dead-end with God because he has a plan for us. He has a mansion for us. He has a goal for us to accomplish. Hey, we could go to that mansion right now. God, yeah. Beam me up. I've seen the Keller Williams. I saw it. It looks good. I'm ready. Yeah, I am ready for all eternity. No, because there's still a plan for you being here. Really, there is still a plan. You know what mistakes are to God in the spiritual sense? You know what all of your mistakes are? Your resume. That's what they are. Your resume. I remember one time. What my son said, I'll never, ever forget it. That I would never, ever go and see a counselor who hadn't been to anything. Really. There's everything that you've been through is going to be utilized. None of it is going to be wasted. And so when you feel frustrated and the enemy will try to frustrate, ah, look at your past. You're just going to get more of the future. No, because you heard here. He has a plan and one that he's going to call us to himself. Why doesn't he do it now? Because of the plan here. He even prayed. God, I do not pray that you take them out of this world. Just protect them from the evil one. You know, we've all done things that probably could have killed us. Why didn't kill us? Because of the high priestly prayer of Jesus to protect us from the evil one. That's what Satan wants to do. And so what does God say to Satan? You can do a little bit to them, 
a little bit because God knows he's going to use it for good. Okay, so this is about hope. Seeing a little bit has happened, a little bit has happened bad, but God has a plan where a lot is going to happen good. I want to do a few prayer points. It's, Lord God, give me the grace to trust in your plan. Not to trust in what's happened. Oh my, I can't believe what's happened. how much time I've wasted. Oh my word. No, to trust in your plan. If you trust in God, you know nothing has been wasted. God is the resource maker. Don't say you waste the time. God will turn it into something good. Let's pray. Lord God, give me the grace, Lord God, to trust in your plan to see that this wasn't wasted time, Lord God. This was a resource that you are going to use. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise your holy name, Lord God. Father, we pray that you will give us the grace to see hope, Lord God. See that this what the time that I believe I've wasted, Lord God, is time that you are going to utilize, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, we just thank you, Father. Just praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord God, give me the grace to see that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that I would not get locked into anything that causes me to stumble in darkness. Really, causes me to stumble in that. People get locked in to money. It becomes their God. People get locked into sports. People get locked in, as I said, politics. People get locked in to their kids, their families, all that. Yeah, you should love your family, but that should not be locked. Your family is not the truth. Your family is not the truth. It's a blessing from God. It is a blessing from God. God is the truth. Right, we should not get locked in to anything. You know, idolatry. A lot of people think idolatry is something blatant, like going down and bowing down to a tree. Oh no, 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 no! It's a lot more subtle than that. It's very, very, very subtle. Idolatry. You know how idolatry comes to you on tippy toes, tippy toes, tiptoes. Really. Tip to, and before you know it, your heart is bowed down. And let me tell you why as well. It comes with the lie of justification. So in that lie, you're bowing down to some, let's say you're bowing down to money, taking care of my family, blah, 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 doing all of this, blah, 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 all of this, taking care of the new baby, yeah, don't have time to do this for God because of the new baby. That's idolatry. It's subtle. The, the, the best lie is close to the truth. As I said before, you know what? The enemy, if the enemy can get you to miss a plane by five minutes, that's as effective as missing a plane by five hours. Still miss the plane. So log gone. Give me the grace to not get locked into 
anything, anything, Lord God, as truth but you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I praise your holy name. Give me the grace, Lord God, not to get locked into anything, uh, family, ministry. There's people who bow down to ministry, Lord God. Nothing, Lord God, but you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name, amen. Caring call. This is for anyone who doesn't know Jesus or is not sure. Father, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you shed your precious blood so that I might be saved. Lord, I know you are the truth. Give me the grace to not try to replace you with anything that's not the truth, Father, Lord, God. And give me the grace, Father, to accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior and build my life, Lord God, knowing that you have prepared a mansion for me, Lord God, something that will not get deconstructed, something that will never get knocked down, and a kingdom, Lord God, that will last forever. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.